Welcome to our new podcast, Into the Mirror, where we're on episode seven, Meditation, Mysticism, and Magic. Does belief create reality? And I say that, you know, with a question mark. And Brody, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Belief does create reality. There's no doubt about it. The science shows it. And my experiences have shown that. So it absolutely does. So, you, yeah, I... It's funny, one of the first, the first tattoo I ever got on me, I was messed up and high, and it says, you create your own universe. <laughs> That's the tattoo. It's, you create your own universe. I don't know why I got that on me. I was not into any of this stuff yet, but somehow, some higher self, high me, get it, higher yeah. self, came and said the truth, like shared a truthful message that actually has been something that was actually really pivotal in my change. So you have the same kind of belief. I know to the level of what belief does to reality for me changes because there's some things that seem to be like set. I I don't mean this like set, but seem more set, right? Like things I can't affect with just belief Uh and then things that I can. So in terms of the mind, though, is one thing most people can agree that it does affect your well-being, at least like through meditation. Um, You have a a study or a thing you've read that you like um about meditation right yeah i've I've got quite a few of them actually um in in particular i'm going to talk about how with meditation they did a study on a buddhist monk and they continually scanned his brain year after year at the age of 27 at the age of 30 32 and 41 Mm -hmm. and when they scanned his brain at age 41 they found that he had the brain prototype of a of a 33 year old so this this shows that meditation can slow your the aging process sharpen your mind and reduce stress upon other things yeah of course and then this as science has evolved right over the years they talk about neuroplasticity is a big catchphrase word or keyword in society Mm -hmm. i hear um you know, which I learned a lot about in rehab, and they do a lot of different thinking and exercise, how it creates new neurons. But to the depth of how belief creates reality, like, so that's mindfulness, which really, I don't know anyone that would tell me, I mean, honestly, that meditation each day or ex- like any of those would not affect reality, right? Like your belief in yourself, like psychologically, at least, right? Like if I believe I'm worthy, I'm going to treat people worthily. Like what, what level of reality creation do you, do you align with some with this stuff? Like, do you, like I say this, and this is why, because there's this study with medications, right? With placebos and there's the mind effect of the placebo where I think it's like 30% of things placebo, like sugar pills, um, are effective 30% of the time. Like, so like a real medication to be considered a real med only has to be like hot, more effective than a sugar pill. But why a sugar pill is that effective in the first place, right? It's wild. And so what I wonder is for me is if I did opioids though, like no matter if I did a ton of narcotics that shut down my breathing centers, I can tell you that I've tried to believe myself awake and it hasn't been successful. Like I've right. overdosed and like, and I was very, so why is that? I know of course there's tons of answers, but 
why is there a difference is what I'm saying. How, why does the mind have the power to do it on some things, it seems, and then mm-hmm. not on other things? Yeah, and you, you talked about, like, punching through a concrete wall. Like, you know, to what extent can we punch, you know, we've seen. Yeah, yeah, to, what is it, you know? prison. <laughs> yeah, one of the prison, the, the barriers. I was in prison, and there's walls around me. Like, to what extent does belief create reality, and how does it create reality? And that's some of the most interesting things, like some of the most interesting things I've ever seen, experienced, come from this stuff. You know, I, we talked um, before about in meditation, thinking like you wanted to fix your teeth, right? You let's tell, let's talk about that real quick. You had yeah. your teeth, you, um, you found this meditation stuff, you started to believe it and apply it in your life. And then what happened? <laughs> and what happened was, unfortunately, my teeth did not grow back the way they did not <laughs> heal. I had to go get a uh, root canals initially. And I was so disappointed. I said, if I just visualize my teeth growing yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the same. I had the same kind of thing. It's like, as I woke up, this part of me started to be able to believe things. And that's wonderful to turn that like, no, the cynicism disappears finally, right? That cynic, the critic. And you're like, oh, I can do anything. And then you get some resistance, right? Some old resistance and Mm -hmm. things like that, that for so long. And my theory is I'm not quite sure why, like we can't mentally just turn on our teeth again and regrow them, right? Like why these things? And I don't think actually it's something that's that far-fetched in the end, but I do believe we are entangled, all of us, all of the collective humanity, entangled in some old belief systems, some cellular things so this is my thoughts on the drugs right they talk about placebos and i don't care about how it operates and affects all these other things of course it does but when you do a narcotic i have this feeling and i've tested this that when you stop breathing there is like a cellular there's deeper and deeper levels of consciousness right and they actually have their own consciousness so my i'm saying my cells or my energy whatever that's responding to the narcotic to the opioids has its own like yin and yang response. And my mind might be able to hold the, you know, hold it together with energy, like focus. But as soon as I let go of that energy, what I pass out, I go to sleep and I go into like cellular belief mode, which is don't breathe, you know, and die. <laughs> like what I mean, <laughs> like your cells kind of like, um, like how anything responds, right? It's like a different type of stimuli, a deeper stimuli into the belief, into your innermost being. <laughs> and well, um, I've thought about this a lot. You know, what about like, you know, teleportation? I, I ponder that so much mm-hmm. because I understand like how cells restructure themselves and how, uh, you know, energy works. And yeah. I, I, I see no reason why that, could not be a possible we're talking mysticism so. yeah yeah no no well honestly this is it's not these are just this is where we get even my inner critic will come and say look at this woo woo pseudoscience and this is one of the other things i wanted to really touch on is what happens when you run into disbelief again like that that rejection pretty much it's another step of it's part of the awakening as you wake up or heal or whatever and you have a whole new world of information but it doesn't mean it's all good information. So I have like had times where I've like learned of a study and it's been a big part of my 
like makeup and then I read some counter results or something that is like a criticism of the study and calls it maybe pseudoscience and things. And I bring up the, um, if anyone's heard of the hundred monkey effect, um, it's a study that was about sweet potatoes. And this guy wrote a book about monkeys and sweet potatoes and like how um, species spread like their knowledge at a certain point. So the study kind of tells you about monkeys on islands that would um, clean sweet potatoes. They weren't physically connected. And as one generation learned this new technique to clean them and eat them on this unconnected island, it spread to the monkeys of other, um, like monkeys on different islands without any physical contact, without any mere neurons, without any of that. And the truth is, I can't tell you if that story is actually true anymore. I loved it because it showed like, you know, there's, it's just cool, but I, you get into some research on these things and you find out you're not, it's not what you thought. Right. And it's okay. Like it's actually part of the journey. And this is what I've really learned is like, to not judge myself for seeing magic where maybe the magic isn't quite magic to most. It's only to me. Right. To like, to be believing. And this is where it gets weird is let's, let's ask this. Are your teeth better now? Are they fixed? Oh Yeah. Yes, are my they are. Right they're, uh-huh. they're fixed. Yeah. And that all the things that even for me seemed impossible, like here, spend 20 grand to do this. They'll be like, it did unfold. I did get better. And those things did happen. My belief mm-hmm. did unfold. It it's did. The way it uh, expands into this reality, because we all share beliefs. It's in a way you believe and it's a way others will believe to a degree. It's it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And now that I, for me, I understand this. It's amazing. Yeah. And you mentioned that it doesn't unfold the way you think it will. It's the time frame that you think it will. And it doesn't unfold um, exactly how you wanted it to unfold necessarily, but it actually does unfold. Well, yeah, it does. So think about it. There's something that happens in Alan Watts. And I want to just bring up yin and yang and this energy stuff. Now, in my journey, there are so many studies I could tell you, so many cool meditation things. There's one called the Maharishi effect, where they studied group meditation and prayer on the effects of crime and things in the cities. And there's totally connecting, correlating effects. Like you think of Dr. Emoto, right? In the water medicine, oh, water yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. All of these things, you'll go out there and read some people's like, re- they're, they'll, they're not even reviews, they're just opinions. And you can hear their, their anger, mm-hmm. their anger that you are finding magic somewhere that they see, they get pissed off, like charged up and cynic. And let's ask, why is that? Why do you think that is? I think it is because it, triggers something inside them that something within them that tr- it triggers anger, you know, is it, a, is it a way you know? is it maybe I have an opinion that their inner being knows that we're doing something they should take a look at and their fear, their anger of that comes to guard them, to protect them from any inner work says, no, they're fucking idiots. Look, they're woo woo pseudoscience. Okay. 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 Good. It's not real. The universe is still separate. I don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah. Woo, exactly. That's all mine. There's no heart, dude. Oh my gosh. See, I don't feel any. What do you mean, dude? It's like you just acted with more emotion than I've ever seen, and you're telling me it's all mine. 
Like, I mean, it's all mine, but you're telling right. me there's no feelings. And you can see the, the anger in the words, like reading, this is yes. not true, not true. You know, well, like, I don't even, it, it's the same way, like, you read. Um, you can feel this energy, this fear, and uh, what about, like, news reports about the stock market? Um, I feel it, like, this connectivity, this there's some really amazing things that you can um, start to feel and tune into when you start removing the illusions we have. And I call it's funny. We have beliefs in us, man. And I know half the stuff I believe people don't can't even get to comprehend yet because they have not done any inner work. They have not done any inner work. They're 50 years old and they have yet to do anything, but maybe pay off their student debt and start on their house debt. That is the life, right? Like we, Get student loans, pay those off. Get a house loan, pay those off, die. You know, hmm. that's the, that's, I mean that. Like, that's what society's structure has been told is the good way. And then the people that try it, by the time they figure out it's not true, they're dying. That's the, that's the sadness, right? People don't question the story until they're lo- dying. That's mm-hmm. why Buddha talks about attachment and reincarnation and all this stuff. But um, back to the, like the meditation, the mysticism, the resistance, and the doubt that can unfold as you go through this journey. I'm telling you, one of the things I call is the battle of the bulge. It's the resistance before the good results, but it can be very intimidating, meaning that you can work very hard on your journey, and you can get very hard, and you can get to one last belief, one last judgment, one last thing, and it will keep you from finding that like to staying connected to the true you because it, it's a, it's usually, it's fear, right? All these mm-hmm. belief systems, everything, whether true or untrue, it doesn't matter. It's running your life as if it's something, I mean, good grief. So the sweet potato thing story that there's no science that backs it up exactly. And it's been um, anymore, right? It's an old story on a book that was published in the eighties, but it still infects our, um, our lingo, our words, and no one, checks this like i that story i told you about the monkey i looked into it now instead of sharing it all the time to see where it is now like and that's something we're afraid to do sometimes and we have to be willing to do it is to look at our beliefs even the woo woo magic ones that might just be a little too cuckoo and i mean that nicely to myself like i mean it nicely like it's okay to change what i believe it's the ego that tells you things are permanent that's how i know it's ego that's how you know it's hell Anytime something tells you it's permanent, even even bliss, even joy, if it's telling you that's permanent, that's fear, trying to maintain a state of mind again, flow and re- like release, you know, letting go of that anger, like you, you idiot, I can't, it's so hard to not like be part of that anger though when I get it, because I want to rip them to shreds for having such anger about my beliefs, isn't it funny? Yeah. How energy <laughs> spread, like literally their anger. If I'm not careful, becomes my anger. I have to either transmute that fear from, you know, that angry person and say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, or I transmit the same thing and say, go F yourself, blah, 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 you know, and amplify it, right? Yeah. I'm a powerful being of whatever belief I decide to be, man. And this is cool because, like, people are changing. And anytime there's that aversion, that resistance, you know you're on the right path, I'm telling you, because there's a fear to be looked at. So let me ask, what's another study you really have liked with meditation and stuff or some fear or doubt you've come up against that you've kind of worked through? Well, you're going to like this one. It talks um, – I don't know if you've ever heard of John Kabat-Zinn. 
Um, I have not. I have not actually. But, <laughs> Maybe uh, I have, so but... he was just like a, a highly acclaimed, um, you know, speaker back in the you know sixties, seventies, um, in into the nineties, and he actually had this thing called mindfulness best. Uh, excuse me, mindfulness based stress uh, reduction, which was mm-hmm. a form of mindfulness meditation, and he went into six different correctional institutions in mm. Massachusetts um, and uh, 2000 inmates participated within this study. And essentially what they found were, uh, you know, ex- ex- significant improvements. Mm, absolutely. Hostility. There was less hostility Ooh. in the, in, in these uh, institutions, um, increased self-esteem. Like I and, feel uh, like, you know, that's amazing. How do we do that? How did you and I get to go do that? Because honestly, that's an amazing story. Like, so I've seen some of the meditation things in the system. They don't have much, but I will tell you this, that some of the only same, like peace people find is in their spiritual groups. But I'm telling you the meditation ones were the most peaceful, the least judgmental and the most overcrowded. So it shows you something very quickly. Like you can't get into those like, I'm trying to get help, trying to meditate, but it's full, you know? So, that's cool. So, they went in and did a – this was how long ago, do you know? This was um, it, around 1992. Ni- 1992, yeah. so it was an old school study, you know? a horrible prison system, too. That's when mm-hmm. it was really bad. Um, a lot of changes happened through the 90s. So, you – that study of meditation. So what about with your healing of brain, man? Like you read some studies and your teeth didn't get back the way you thought, but they did come back and they look great. And now you don't need to worry about them. <laughs> and uh, what else? Like you've been through quite the journey. So I know there's been the doubt waves that I talk about that where the yeah. people come. Well, this is how like neuroplasticity or that idea of neuroplasticity changed my life because um, at one point, it was thought that the brain was fixed. Mm-hmm. It was not malleable, and, and it could not change. Um, but, Symbolic you know, to beliefs, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm, but, like, if you look at what a brain injury does, like a brain injury, I'm going to get really scientific here. It's just that it affects the neuronal circuitry by causing literally the death of neurons and glial, mm-hmm. glial cells okay. and destroys the connection you think of two different neurons trying to connect it, that injury, uh, you know, interrupts the connection. Like, you oh. know, if you had a Wi-Fi signal communicating yeah. with each other. Yeah. And so it, it causes literal, you know, death within those cells. And mm-hmm. um, so if you go to what neuroplasticity does to the brain, you know, you can define um, neuroplasticity in a very specific way. But uh, essentially, meditation restructures, it, it gives life force and vital yeah. energy to your cells energy. that, they, that yeah. aren't communicating with each other. It allows them to communicate with each other again. I, I totally, and I've seen this in, like, I've, you know, neuroplasticity and studies. And I, um, when I say the word ego, right, people can get confused because I mean old programming, right? I, when I'm saying ego, I mean your old state of being what the old you, the little you, the one that has the, only the past, right, in, in, its, in its makeup. So reprogramming the ego, like in a computer, I would 
you know, change the code and compile the thing and it would run. But it seems with a computer, you have to keep recompiling over and over for it to get that energy to make it like engraved deeper and deeper into the brain. Like I imagine like running a trail over and over again and it kind of wears a path. It's like my brain takes the path of least resistance unless mm -hmm. I put energy into trailblazing. Does that Absolutely. make like, makes that, perfect sense? Yeah. That, so that's what I've, now that I realize this energy, I can do that with good and bad trails, man. I can mm -hmm. try, you know, I can go try to go through different areas, but trauma put like, like wipe washed out trails, right? Like trauma and pain and all like, or I hyper used a trail too much, right? I coped with things in a certain way, but as I've healed my brain, I, I have literally felt that expansion, man. I don't care if it, like, I believe in the science. I believe science will always eventually match our beliefs and that's why it's so challenging because it's the old like it's like the old beliefs that scientists don't if they don't check their beliefs if they're not willing to be brave with fear i mean simple fear if they can't overcome that then they will be hijacked by the system and be a tool and a pawn forever and i don't mean that all all things are pawns what i'm saying is if we don't look at ourselves all of us from mm -hmm. you know from every profession we're not brave it infects everything so like this brain thing the heart stuff it's makes me sad because i the cynicism the anger the resistance is the trolling right the anger out there on the internet to just hurt each other it's it can make it challenging for someone that's waking up um so for me i just i know how um, it can be really scary when you start to wake up. I mean, even not just trauma or anything, it can be scary because your whole belief systems are changing, you know? Mm -hmm, and yeah. with that belief system changing means your whole world changes because for me, belief creates reality. So like there's always these chaotic dissonance periods, right? That are like mm -hmm. the in-between where the new harmony is yet to be found, but it's coming. Um, right. So anyway, the resistance is the battle of the bulge, um, dude, do you have any other cool study you want to share? I think that just, you know, touching on this subject, we that's yeah, all we really wanted to do. That's That was our main point. I, I Those are the main ones. And I, I did want to bring up about the London taxi cab drivers. Even yeah, though it's yeah sorry, man. There's so many yeah. cool stories, and I love them, and I talk a lot. So sorry. Let me hear this one. I, it's a great – I love the mind. <laughs> no, in – this uh, is just really interesting that um, – so they did a study, another one, about London taxi cab drivers. Essentially, you know, how taxi cab drivers will drive from point A to point B all throughout large mm -hmm. cities, especially think of London, a huge, yeah, huge I city. Yeah, I lived there. I got my compass. My mom sent me a compass from London today too. So anyway, keep going. Nice. Yeah. And so essentially <laughs> compass and never mind. Keep going. <laughs> it's okay. And um so so many streets. But they these taxi cab drivers, they did uh brain scans on them and how their neural activity differentiated from the general public. Mm -hmm. And there's an area in the brain called the hippocampus, okay, which is essentially it it's it sounds like what it is. It looks like a little seahorse. But anyway, this area, it keeps uh, memories, but in particularly in this study for spatial awareness and mm. their hippocampal um, 
region was significantly larger than other control sub uh, subjects. Mm. And so that, that area was uh, thicker. It was air uh, and it was like um, life force is put into those things. I think it's the heart that brings the fire to create the neuro. I, I, no, I don't mean really like, you know, scientifically, but Kundalini energy, life force. It's like, Sorry, I was just wondering. I think I was speculating in my mind again. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, like it's like you say, it's all energy. You know, like that energy goes to where your attention goes. So your their attention was on you know spatial awareness and spatial memory. So that energy went up there, and it, it strengthened that hippocampal yeah. region. And and that happens with everything. So well, that's why. What I bring about it how up. you speak now? You said you struggle speaking. Look at the words. I can't say them and i didn't have brain surgery (laughs) but no i mean the words you can pronounce so clearly right so you talked to me five to six years ago i would have talked to you in such a basic sense and it would have sounded like i was drinking like yeah alex i would i would mix up words consistently but then i continued to work on my speech and i went to toastmasters yeah uh, those guys (laughs) <laughs> and I put this this energy into being able to pronounce things, and there the neural connections are so obvious. I can, in like the more energy I put into learning new Word. vocabulary and things of that nature, it, it really changed everything. And it's possible for everybody, and that's the whole point. So words like one of the main like what are the most basic mystic quotes words spell words create reality reality right so it it goes beyond just me saying i love you it's literally they teach and this is just a mystical thing but it makes sense with the way the brain learns with vocabulary to me now but as i speak more and more fine-tuned words right i start i'm like controlling energy and vibration so to have a high a larger vocabulary and like to be slow it down to when you pronounce it's the physical representation of the energy vibration, right? So your tongue mm-hmm. and mouth and face. So learning for me even to slow down and feel what I am saying and say what I feel. It's one of the most powerful things like that heart and mind alignment. So it's vocabulary I know uh, increases your ability to, it gives you context for energy. It's, uh, it's pretty cool how the heart and mind for me like how they work like that together well that is awesome studies meditation i've already told many times changed my world but that and it's changed your world but i guess we both kind of i know i wanted to talk about doubt and fear of like the awakening process like the crazy the cuckoo the judgment that can come (laughs) yeah and and having the courage to continue on and you have a lot of very good information like that so I, yeah, I, uh, I geek out about it and you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. fun to me. It's just like, I wanted to know what happened to me and, and th- that neuroplasticity and things of that nature, it gives context to me. So exactly. Like, it gives context and it's like, I want to do an activity after I understand you want to know the, the why and the how, and you want to piece all those together. So that's what, the beauty of like uh, certain scientific studies and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. And you you feel more truth, like, and more confidence to share. Like for me, I don't want to share a bullshit story. Now I I want to know 
what the truth is, but to know that I have to be brave enough to look at it. Mm-hmm. I can't avoid all things that are anti me. It's yin and yang flow, right? This is the one thing Alan Watts, I'll close with this about yin and yang, the, the two fish, right? You can either live a reality where each white and black fish are trying to eat each other. Like imagine the yin and yang spinning the two fish, you know, mm-hmm. um, are they trying to devour each other? Right. And the joke mm-hmm. is if they devour each other, they're gone, right? The white yeah. can't exist with the white black. Mm-hmm. Or is it a harmonious team? Is it a flow? Is it a, believe me, your whole concept of how reality works changes that. So what I'm saying is that simple belief of yin and yang and flow will literally change your whole reality to a different makeup. And that's inner belief, simple vibration stuff that it's why mystics would teach parables and stuff. Because how do you translate very deep neuroscience and demistic into layman, you know? So I, um, I guess with a good vocabulary, haha. <laughs> anyway, I, I will, um, yeah, that's cool, man. I appreciate it. That's cool. Good and I just, I just wanted to say before we end that, uh, if you could, you all could please share it, yeah. share, share this message. So others get it. And as well, if you have the time, please give us a five-star rating review. That would be amazing for us. Yeah, it's the algorithm. Just share it with people. Um, like it. I mean, it's this is about creating community. So, um, mm-hmm. thank you for listening. We do have some consistent people, and you guys are awesome. So keep it up. Thanks. Yeah. Much love. Right. Bye.